Welcome to TikTok Radio. I'm your host, Victoria Jameson. I'm a verified TikTok creator and professional makeup artist based in Dallas, Texas. After gaining over 800,000 TikTok followers in just six months, I became obsessed with helping aspiring creators and entrepreneurs unlock their full potential on the fastest growing app in the world. If you're looking to find your niche, increase your income, and build your influence with short form video content, then you are in the right place. My goal for this podcast is to inspire and empower you with actionable tips and insight from top TikTok creators so that you can master the For You page and build your brand on TikTok and beyond. There's no better time to start than right now. Let's dive into this week's episode of TikTok Radio. What's up, guys? Welcome back to TikTok Radio. Before we jump into, it's not really part two of my interview with Lindsay. It's more of like a separate interview because we're talking about a whole different topic. We're talking about how to deal with um, people who don't support you in your career instead of talking about last week where we discussed um, when you're working with your family in your career on social media. Um, But before we dive into that, I wanted to bring up a few housekeeping things for First of all, if you haven't subscribed to my trend text, um, I've had a lot of fun sending them out and getting feedback from you guys on the trends I send out. So make sure you guys text trends to the number down in the show notes and you will get weekly, sometimes multiple times a week, text of trends uh, that I find on my For You page and send out your way. Um, Next up, this podcast was produced by at Matt. Make sure you guys go follow at Matt, M-A-T-T on TikTok. He is a comedy creator, and lately he's been doing a lot of video game tutorials and arcade tutorials, so make sure you guys go check him out, and if you want to be a producer-level patron, make sure you go to patreon.com slash TikTok coaching and sign up for the producer level, and you'll get a shout-out in every single episode and your name and link down in the show notes. Guys, are you so proud of me? I did that without mispronouncing Patreon or patron, and I I only recorded it once. I, I hope you guys are proud. Um, next up, remember how um, a huge strategy with Instagram Reels I've discussed is repurposing TikToks? And previously, Instagram had said, eh, not really a big deal if you repurpose TikToks with a watermark as long as uh, they, well, not as long as, but they can't be promoted, like featured, like how does that, that little featured tag on it? So they, they won't get that um, benefit if they are repurposed, but it doesn't hurt their reach. Well, now forget all of that. Um, it is something they're cracking down on because they're having a lot of copyright issues of people posting other people's content and getting views from it. I think this might be a step towards monetization of reels. I'm not quite sure, but it would make sense for it to be. Um, they want you to be sharing your own content. Next, like new feature I kind of wanted to tell you guys about is the Q&A button you guys might see um, on some profiles. And it is a way for TikTok to kind of populate all the questions on your videos in one place or give your followers a place to ask more questions and you can answer and reply to them with video. Um, So if you guys haven't seen that feature, you can look at my profile. I have it on there. Um, It's tiktok.com slash at Victoria. Or, uh, I mean, it's it's kind of everywhere. You, you probably should have seen it by now. It was a beta test, but it looks like it's rolled out to everyone at this point. So if you're wanting to activate it for yourself or see if you even have it, um, make sure you're updated on the TikTok app to the latest version. It's um, 18.4 right now. Go to your creator account, go to settings and privacy, creator, Q&A, and then turn on Q&A. So you should be able to see the feature on your profile. Then um, your followers are going to be able to click Q&A and ask questions or share their questions um, in your comment section and actually shows them there for you to answer. So you'll be able to answer or you can use reply to video option, which is really awesome. So make sure you guys check that out. It's a great way for you to engage with your followers. Now, without further ado, let's jump into our interview with Lindsay. This is the second part in our kind of mental health series um, where I interview my friend Lindsay Walden, who is a certified sex therapist. She's a relationship coach and she is just amazing 
amazing. And I think you guys are really going to enjoy this. So let me know what you guys thought of last week's interview. Make sure you screenshot this, put it on your Instagram story and tag me. And uh, I will repost it to my story as a thank you for tuning in and listening. And always, if you haven't yet, make sure you leave us a review in the iTunes store. It's not the iTunes store. It's called like podcasts in the podcast app um, to help other people find this podcast because that's a great way for um, Instagram, not Instagram, you guys, my brain. It's a great way for Apple to know to um, uh, promote this and, you know, show it to other people and and that it's like a legit source because there's so many podcasts out there. So if you're enjoying it, please, please, please recommend it to a friend um, or leave us a review so that uh, other people can get some help and join our community. And speaking of community, if you're not part of our Facebook group yet, go to um, tiktok Squad, guys, <clears throat> tiktok-squad.com. That's it. It's in the show notes. Um, that is our Facebook community where you can get feedback on your content, um, you know, hear about the latest and greatest things on the app before the episode comes out, give your insight, your input, and uh, get your questions answered. So make sure you're part of that as well. And without further ado, let's jump into our interview. Hey guys, welcome back to TikTok Radio. We have a special guest back today who you guys might have heard on a previous episode. We have Lindsay Walden, who is a relationship expert and a sex therapist. And last time we had her on the podcast, we were talking about what it's like to work with a significant other or a spouse in a social media situation. And today we are talking about the opposite. This is another question I get a lot and I thought no better person to interview about it than a relationship expert. So welcome back, Lindsay. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me back. I love doing these podcasts with you. It's fun. It's super fun. Okay. So today we're talking all about having a relationship or a spouse or even a family member who does Mm -hmm. not support your social media journey, Mm -hmm. which can be super frustrating. I know for me, it was so hard when I was first starting out my business five years ago people saying, you know, why would you do that? It's just silly. Why would you spend so much time on social media? There's no future in it. And jokes Mm -hmm. on them because uh, (laughs) it's, it's a whole career path now. Right. I think, you know, definitely over the last, I would say pretty much decade, I feel like we've seen this almost exponential growth of, you know, online businesses, entrepreneurial stuff happening online, even just like the ability for us to record, you know, long distance and not even be in the same state, you know, just things that technology allows us to do. And I do think there are definitely people that still look at it as, you know, oh, that's silly or, oh, that's whatever. But I think the more that we're seeing, you know, people really making a business out of it, it's kind of hard to like dismiss truth or dismiss reality, you know, cause once it shows up and you're like, Oh, okay. So there is something to this. Now that does not mean that there aren't going to be naysayers. Right. And unfortunately, sometimes those people that are not on board tend to be the ones that are closest to us, you know, or they just don't get it or they don't understand. Why um, is that? Cause I feel like you hear that so much in entrepreneurship in general, because mm-hmm. really, I mean, we're talking about social media today, but this is overall an issue in entrepreneurship, I would say. Mm-hmm. So why do you think yeah. that people closest mm-hmm. to us tend to be our harshest critics? I think it has to do with, you know, the people that love us, they want us to be safe, secure, happy, and successful. And I think what happens is that when you think of going a path that's not guaranteed, there's a certain amount of risk involved and not every personality type is, you know, as comfortable with risk taking as others. And so some of it is, you know, just a difference in sort of approach to life. Some people are more willing to kind of throw their hat into something and go, I'm going to go all in on this thing. And if it works great, if it doesn't, then I've learned a lot, but there are definitely other people. Like I'll use me and my relationship as an example. Cause I am very entrepreneurial minded. I mean, I know we say I'm a relationship expert and, you know, sex therapist, but I've got like a private therapy practice. I have a coaching practice. I do online business consulting. I have a media business. Like there's a lot of elements that go into who I am. And my significant other has always been the person that is like, I go to work, I collect a paycheck, I have benefits, 
and that's life, you know, like, and does a great job at what she does, but it's just a very different mindset. So even early on when she and I were together and she'd be like, so what'd you do today? And I would start listing off like my list of things, you know, just like curiosity questions that would come (laughs) and she'd be like, okay, all of that gives me a headache. Like I can't even fathom, like, I don't even know what half the things are you just said. I can relate. I can so relate. I think we're the same. We were just talking about list making and like managing our days. And it's so true. Like as an entrepreneur, you're all over the place in different areas. You kind of are. Yeah. You like, you jump from like one thing to another. And, you know, I do use me as an example a lot because I have a really interesting mixture of like ADHD and clinical OCD that sort of combine inside who I am that make me really want to go deep on a lot of things and, you know, really like flesh out all of the list making and the ins and outs and the execution of things. But then at the same time, the ADHD allows me to kind of move from thing to thing without feeling bogged down by any one of them. So I found a way to like have my acronyms work for me, not against me. But, you know, I kind of digress a little bit, but I do. I think that when you're dealing with, you know, especially just differences of work opinions, you know, like where one person might be saying in a relationship, like, yeah, you know, I, I want to go to work. I want a paycheck. I want the security and the safety that comes from that. And then if you've got another person that's saying, yeah, the heck with safety and security, I'd rather do something my own way, you know, because now it's really hard for me to imagine going back to just working for someone else. I agree so much. I can't imagine sitting in an office. So mm -hmm. even when my friends, I mean, I will vent to them and be like, oh my gosh, I'm so stressed out. Like I'm not getting as many brand deals that, you know, like there's constantly those stresses and you just need to get it out. But sometimes Mm -hmm those people you talk to are like, well, why don't you just go get an office job? And I'm like, I will die. Like I can't, (laughs) I can't do it. Like I would rather be stressed out about money and about making, you know, it's so inconsistent Mm -hmm. as an entrepreneur, which is stressful, but Mm -hmm. I would rather do that than sit at a nine to five and rot away. Yeah, I totally get that. And and it's not a judgment on people though that like that environment or want that sort of security in their life. And I totally get it, you know, and even as a therapist, I will often work with couples that, or even as as a relationship coach, I'll work with couples that are coming at it from very different points of view. And so a lot of times it is about, you know, one of the things that's helped in my relationship is just the empathy factor, being able to sit with your significant other and go, you know, I don't think I could do what you do, or I don't really get it. Like, I don't get all of the elements of what's going on here, but it seems to make you happy. So can you let me in on it? Can you give me some insight? And over the course of the last four and a half years in my relationship, I've been able to not only kind of educate my partner in knowing like, what are the different things that I do, but she's actually become like, you know, we joke that she's like my business partner, my head of security, you know, my fan club president. Like there's all of these elements that go into it because I think she really did sit down with me and go, okay, you really want what you're doing. You really love it. This is really what like, you know, just lights you up and I want to support that, but I can't tell you that I understand it, you know? And I think, you know, having those courageous conversations of being able to advocate for your wants and for your needs. Now, I'm kind of on the fence between, or the, not the fence, I kind of ride the fence, whatever that terminology is, that says, I do think you should have goals and dreams and, you know, really go after them. But I also think you have to look at it through a practical lens on some level of, okay, well, how am I going to make money? You know, how, how yeah, am I going to support myself? So there has to be a balance, you know, and... I think the other thing is that sometimes people can get discouraged if they're entering any type of entrepreneurial venture and feeling like, okay, I'm going to do this for like three months and then it's going to be massively successful and I'm going to, you know, not have to worry about anything for the rest of my life. And although there may be some people that feel that way, that's really not reality, right? We have to kind of keep it real, you know? I think that kind of sparked a question for me. Do Uh you think that people who are unsupportive, who almost feel like they're being left out, like they don't have a, you know what I'm saying? Like they don't fit into that lifestyle or they they Mm -hmm. can't imagine fitting into that lifestyle. I think 
it have some to do with it. I mean, clearly there's not a one size fits all for every couple or every relationship, but I do think sometimes, yes, there is that kind of like, you know, we tend to shun or sort of not accept things that we don't understand. And I think if there is a certain amount of feeling left out or being that, you know, like, well, what if you get successful? Am I going to be left out of, you know, left out of the inner circle or are you going to leave me behind? I think sometimes it can bring up some of those feelings. I think also, also just even trying to balance, you know, like if one partner has a nine to five and the other partner's like, oh, I'm going to sleep till noon and I'm going to get up and do what I want. And it's like, you know, I think there can also be a bit of animosity that starts to show up where it starts to feel almost like, you know, well, why aren't you doing what I'm doing? Well, I do this and this and this and this. Why don't you appreciate that? And I think then it sort of turns into like a scorekeeping sort yes. of thing. So I think that can show up. What do you think of this is kind of unrelated, but I have you seen those trends on TikTok where people like ask their significant other, like, I think you could have been nicer to me today. Yes. And then they record. <laughs> I've seen a lot of like relationship experts and like therapists and you know, people in that field responding to that, being like, Okay, this is emotional abuse, like for you to do on camera and like manipulate right. someone in that way. I saw one, it was a pretty viral one where it was like a guy filming his girlfriend. And honestly, I think the whole thing was staged. I think a lot mm. of reactions are staged anyway on TikTok. Mm -hmm. But she was saying, Well, I got up and I fed the kids and I did this and I did this and doing mm -hmm. the whole list and I saw someone respond to it and be like yes like obviously she's feeling stressed and like mm -hmm. feels like she has a lot on her plate but like that's not discounting what he did that day like did he mm -hmm. go to work and do a ton of things that she didn't see I just thought that that kind of goes along with the you know one person might have a lifestyle one way and one person might mm -hmm. have a lifestyle one way and it's the empathy yeah. of like seeing what the other person's doing Absolutely. Like I have, I save a lot of those that I see because there's this part of me that would love to at some point do like a whole series on TikTok where I like as a relationship therapist respond or like duet them with like, okay, here's what you could do instead. <laughs> so at some point I may get around to creating those. I but, think that'd you know, be fun. I want to see those. Okay. Okay. I've got like probably five or six of them I've saved and just trying to figure out, you know, like that whole creation process too. Like when you're creating something from scratch, there's a lot of mental energy that takes. And I think sometimes if, you know, one of the partners in a relationship is not in this world of kind of creation land, maybe they don't understand exactly how much just mental energy it takes to sort of sit down with nothing and go, I'm going to create X, Y, and Z out of a completely, you know, just idea that I had. And that's not always easy to, you know, to kind of explain to someone. So that's where I think the empathy like comes in really handy, you know, like, I'll have a conversation like on a day like today where I'm like, okay, I'm recording this. And then I've got three clients back to back and then I've got a consult. And then I have a training video that I've got to do tonight. And then I've got to record a few videos that I want to upload to my TikTok platform. And so that's a pretty long day when it's all like put together, but it doesn't look like one cohesive day. And so I appreciate right. that I have the support for her to be like, okay, so I'm going to go work in the yard. Let me know <laughs> when I can come in and I won't be, you know, interrupting what you've got going on. And so I think just being able to have that open dialogue where it's not going to look like her day, but that doesn't invalidate what I'm doing. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs feel invalidated oftentimes by friends or family or significant others that maybe they're, you know, it's like, oh, your quote unquote job. It's like, no, it's a job. It is work, you know? Yeah. Oh, and it is work. <laughs> anybody that sees, you know, like a 60 second video is maybe thinking like, oh, that's easy. Like, no, it takes, if all I'm doing is talking to the camera and then putting text on it so that people can follow along with whatever tip I'm giving. Thing, that can take me somewhere in the neighborhood of probably like an hour at minimum to really get it the way I want. It. And that's what like editing video and putting, you know, like text on it and making sure it's, you know, it looks the way I want it to look to put out there. Not to say that it always has to take that long, but I'm sure you can attest yeah, to that. Totally it's can. not just snap your fingers and you've got a video. I'm the worst about underestimating how long things will take too. And <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'll just throw an Instagram post up real quick. And then an mm -hmm. hour later, I'm like, oh, I had to go into, you know, yep. word swag and fix one little thing and make sure I put mm -hmm. a watermark on this. And then it's like an hour right. later like crap. <laughs> I need to Yeah. It, there's a lot day. of little details, you know, that go into it. Or then like on a day, like on my Thursdays, that's my big media day because I've got to get my podcast out. I have 
you know, I try to keep like my Instagram stories going at least a few days during the week so that people can see me there. You know, right now my whole Instagram feed is just kind of a mess. And it's like, that is not my top priority because I just only have so many hours in the day. So anytime I log in, I see it and I kind of cringe and I'm like, no, just focus on what you're focusing on. You know, then I've got like my relationship workshop. That's kind of always ongoing in the background. It's something that people can go through at their own pace and, you know, sort of reach out if they need help or assistance. And so I'm kind of like, I'm fielding emails or then I've got like phone calls coming in and it's just, it's a very interesting world of balancing everything. And then when you're trying to actually monetize your social media, or at least use it as a way to drive traffic to the things that make you money, there's a whole other piece of it because then it's like you want everything to be successful. So you've got a whole lot of internal expectations that are coming up as the one that's running the show or creating the the things. And then if it doesn't go the way you want it feeling, I mean, even like a couple weeks ago when we were like all freaking out because we thought, okay, is TikTok even going away? And I think that brought up a lot of emotion for people, you know, I think you and I even like the off recording talked about that of just like, wow, you know, this platform that so much is kind of hinging on and all of these people really rely on if it's for entertainment, if it's for enjoyment of creation, if it's for getting their message out there, if it's for making money with their business. And then to have this kind of looming unknown, that in and of itself can bring up a lot of emotion. And so then we also have to look at how that shows up in your relationships when you're like not working per se, but you're just sort of like thinking about what could be or like imagining the what ifs or trying to think of contingency plans and just feeling that stress. It's like that can spill over into relationships also. I'm so glad you brought that up because recently I was like doing so actually I probably saw a TikTok about it, about emotional dumping. And Mm -hmm. I think that that is something that like early on in me and Matt's relationship that I gravitated to, I think, because Mm -hmm. I couldn't separate like my work life from our Mm -hmm. relationship life because we do work together. So Mm -hmm. then he would say, you know, I'm frustrated because you always talk about the bad things happening in your business and it makes me feel like your business isn't doing good. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying, no, it's not that it's not doing good. It's just, you know, these things were bothering me. So I feel like that can happen in social media relation, not relation, not social media relationships, but that can happen in relationships with entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. because you feel like you're venting or I don't know how to phrase that, but that's something that I noticed too. And I think maybe is one reason that it is hard for people in relationships with someone that's an entrepreneur or a social media influencer to Mm kind of have that empathy because they're only hearing negative things. Yeah, absolutely. And I think then it's like, if all you're doing is painting the picture of what's not going right or having a venting session, I think sometimes it's important to just give maybe like a little bit of a a cue to your significant other. Like I'll do the kind of like, okay, can I just say something because I'm really stressed about something and it's just, I can't quit thinking about it. So maybe if I just say it out loud, I'll feel better. You know, it's kind of giving that, that preface to what's about to come next so that it's not just like a dumping of emotion or like the minute they walk in the door from wherever they've been, I realize right now everybody's pretty much at home still, but you know what I mean? Like if they, you know, they've been doing their own thing and then all of a sudden they walk into your zone of what's going on. And if you're having a moment where you're really freaking out about something, it might feel like they're being bombarded the second they walk in the door, you know, or the second they kind of join you in your space. And then that can just bring the whole like tension of the situation to a fever pitch, you know? So I think that's important to recognize. And then also, yeah, to celebrate the wins, you know, as much as you want your partner or your significant other to be, you know, kind of a soft place to fall when you're having a bad day, we also need to make sure we're celebrating the wins, you know, along the journey. Like, I realize in terms of following on TikTok, our numbers look very different. But again, I can't compare myself to you. You've been doing this for however long you've been doing this, right? Like I'm just sort of new to this game and actually building a platform or a following on this platform. So when I hit my first thousand, like, I mean, I threw like a little party in the living room. Like it was like, yay, you know, and we like, we both were happy about it. And it was like, oh, congratulations. That's really awesome. This is a milestone, like good for you. 
And then within like probably 30, 45 minutes, it was like, okay, what's my next goal? You know? And then like I automatically start thinking about like, what's going to happen next. And, you know, and then of course she's like, okay, well let me know. Cause I want to like cheer you on. And she's got like, she doesn't really use a lot of social media, but she's got like an account that she'll go in just to like comment on my stuff, you know? And I appreciate the support because it's like, it was that something she would do. Like if it weren't for the fact that I needed some help, probably not, but I appreciate that. So I think it is about trying to, you know, create that same team mentality that like what's good for one of us is good for both of us. What's not good for one of us is not good for both of us. And if we can find a way to have that dialogue so that it's not just a constant, you know, spiral of intensity, I think having those breaks and like, you know, being intentional, I mean, especially like in, in your relationship, I would imagine if you're both in creation all the time, it's going to be important to have some, you know, downtime where you're not just in creation mode or you're not in work mode that you're able to just sort of connect with each other and not feel that pressure. Yes. That balance is so important. It's definitely, I feel like something we've had to learn. I mean, this is the first time both of us have been in a relationship with someone that is in the same field. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely a balance and it's totally a learning curve. I mean, I always say that being married and marriage is the hardest thing I've ever done because it's so much about, you know, having to put someone else before yourself. And I feel like that is so hard as a human being to be like constantly having someone else's, um, at least it's hard for me. I don't know. Maybe it's mm-hmm. not hard for other people, but having someone else. It's hard for a lot of people. Yeah. 100%. I mean, I'm an only child. So I grew mm. up with like being the center of attention and not yeah. having to have to worry about other people necessarily, mm-hmm. which I think does kind of play into the marriage side of things too, mm-hmm. relationships. But mm-hmm. I, one thing I wanted to, oh wait, I, there was something you said. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to think of it now. Darn it. It might come back to you. I get my, that's my ADHD brain. So say someone listening to this is in a relationship with someone, or maybe it's a friend or a family member that just does not get it. They're not Mm -hmm. supportive. They are constantly putting down their career in social media, even if they are successful. And I mean, success obviously is a spectrum. Sure. And it's kind of in the eye of the beholder also. Exactly. If you feel successful, then that's great. That's the really big goal, you know? Especially if it's something you're enjoying doing and you're passionate Mm -hmm. about and you're driven towards. So if someone's in one of those relationships, whether it's family or you know, significant other, how would you suggest bringing up that conversation that this Mm -hmm. is really affecting them mentally and emotionally? Yeah. So I think sometimes being able to use those I statements, right? I teach my clients to use a combination of communication tactics. And one of them is to be able to address things with someone without blaming them or without sort of shaming them into it. So there's a difference in looking at someone and saying, you don't support my career and I don't like that. And I'm hurt and you need, you know, like that's very, you know, like accusatory versus being able to say, look, can we talk about something? I am feeling kind of at odds, or I feel really unsupported, or I feel like maybe there are elements of my job that are misunderstood. And I'd like to clear some things up because having support is so important to me. Notice in that entire statement, I never said you or why, or you don't, or I'm mad at dot, dot, dot. Like I was really careful with my language to put it all on, I feel, I think, I want, I would like, can we talk? A lot of that you stuff can be very triggering, especially because it feels kind of like you're blaming someone. Yes. Now, I'm the is... type of person that gets triggered by that. Like, I don't want to be blamed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like if someone's saying, well, you make me feel like this. It's like, but I didn't mean to do that. Like, don't be mad. And I'll even say like, you can't, nobody can make someone else feel something. Now your actions can cause a reaction within them and then they feel something. But in terms of like you being responsible for someone else's emotions, feelings, or thoughts is really not possible. And so when someone says, you made me feel X, Y, Z. Okay. I hear that you're feeling X, Y, Z. Can you help me understand how my actions have, you know, created that within you, I I would be open to hearing that, but to sort of take responsibility for someone else's feeling, that's a lot to put on yourself, you know? And I think also if you're really dealing with someone that is not supporting 
whatever the, the venture is that you're working on. I think being able to evaluate how to have those conversations is just going to be so important because it's not like you don't want to chase your dreams, but you also need them to understand where you're coming from. But I do think it's important to listen to concerns that people have, you know, I mean, there were definitely times early on where my significant other was like, okay, so you've always been a therapist. I know you're trying to kind of branch out and do more media stuff and kind of take what you like, take your expertise and put it into different formats. But doesn't it stress you out to not know where your paycheck is coming from? I'm like, yeah, a little bit, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to lie. It's like, like a game though. I'm like, okay. Like, I don't like when COVID first happened, me and Matt were like, okay, how are we going make money like let's sit down and write down our ideas and then do it yeah absolutely and so you know at one point you know she would even say she'd be like I mean I realize you're like building something but like do you feel like you should like go apply for like an agency just like use your license and go be a therapist and I'm like and I hear you and I'm not saying that, that that's a, a wrong way to think about it, but when I imagine the amount of hours that would be required for me to go and work for someone else, I could put that same amount of time into building what I'm doing and still see my clients, you know, in a small capacity so that I can at least pay my bills, you know, while I'm building these other things. So I'm not suggesting that people just throw caution to the wind with this reckless abandon of, you know, well, I'm going to just skirt my responsibilities and hope for the best. And if I can't pay my rent, oh, well, like that's not exactly what I mean, right? right? I want people to be smart about it. And I want you to feel like there, it doesn't have to be an all or nothing. You know, I work with so many business clients that are, you know, sort of in two fields. It's like maybe they have their day job and then they have set aside time. I have one client that's writing a book and, you know, so she every day comes home and her family, like she set a boundary where she said, okay, when I get home from work, I've had my time to decompress and I'm ready when I get home to like, I think she takes like an energy drink or something to like help her through it. But she's like, I get home and then I, for an hour and a half, I'm writing my book. That's all I'm doing. I don't need the kids in the room. I don't need my husband in the room. I don't need the dog cat in the room. And I want y'all to just let me have my time. And then once that hour and a half is over, I walk away. And I come back to the family and we join together and we have a great night. And she's been very diligent about doing that. But over the course of the last six months has really basically written like half of her book. Now, does that mean that it's going to just be ready to go because she snaps her fingers? No, it's going to take a lot of work, but it's sort of that, you know, you do what you can, you start where you are and you use what you have at your disposal. And if all you've got is an hour and a half that you can write every day, great. If you've got 10 minutes that you can write every day, fabulous. Like you kind of take the pockets of time that you can, you know, while you're still taking care of your responsibilities. Yes. And I feel like this kind of brings up a good point in general that entrepreneurship, I feel like right now there's such a push for like that hustle lifestyle and like Mm -hmm. you have to constantly be working and burning the candle at both ends Mm -hmm. and I mean I can attest that lifestyle not only is damaging mentally and emotionally and physically but it also Mm -hmm. damages your relationships too because you tend to neglect people because you're so Mm -hmm. focused on your venture Absolutely. I think that's where that balance comes in really handy, you know, and that doesn't mean that there aren't going to be some days like when I'm in the middle of a launch of some kind of a workshop or, you know, something I've got going on. Oh, yeah, there's definitely going to probably be, you know, like 12 hour days for a few days in a row while I'm pushing to get that done. But then once it launches, I'm able to go, okay, I'm taking today off or I'm taking this afternoon off and I'm going to, you know, float in the pool or I'm going to, you know, let's go for a walk or let's do something that's not related to just push, 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 push. Cause there is also a burnout factor, you know, and I think a lot of people that enter into a entrepreneurial field, they oftentimes they hit the ground running. They're very gung ho. It's like all, you know, just all in, let's do this. And then because they're not seeing results very quickly or even just because like, maybe it feels like such a time suck, you know, where it's just this constant swirl of all of my free time is being spent on this thing. That's not going to ultimately, I think at least in most cases, 
yield very great results because you're going to basically empty yourself out where you're, you're not replenishing, you know, your well, so to speak. If you've got like an empty well, you can't get anything out of it. Yeah. And I do feel like that is a factor in sometimes having a spouse that's not supportive is because they're constantly seeing the empty well. I saw Mm -hmm. a thing. Oh, it was a presentation. It was a keynote speaker at some event. She was talking about how like your significant other wants to feel secure they want oh there was like three things it was like security something else food maybe it was food one of them Mm. it was funny it was just like having the three main oh I don't know I wish I could remember it it was like the three main areas where you need to feel secure one of them was intimacy something Mm -hmm. else and then secure financial security so when someone can have like all of those then they Mm -hmm. feel like a lot more secure in the relationship but like if one of them is neglecting then that's Mm -hmm. when they start to feel that like sense of disconnect that sounds a lot like my relationship triangle. This just goes to show that there's really like no such thing as a new idea. It's just all inventions of the same concepts, which is really interesting. This happens so frequently where somebody will give an example. I'm like, oh, I use something like that in my practice. I'm didn't, totally didn't the even same know way. It existed. Like relation um, or uh, what's it called? Like with personality tests, I'm the same way where someone brings up one type of personality test and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, that sounds exactly like X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's just kind of funny. It's like, yeah. So the way I explain it to people is that there's basically, you know, like three prongs on a triangle and there's three major like buckets of stuff that every relationship has to sort of deal with and sort through. One of the buckets is the sex and the intimacy bucket. We can put put romance in that bucket, however you conceptualize that. One of the buckets is going to be like money, work, you know, division of labor in the household, those kinds of things. Like what does the work home life balance look like? And then the other bucket is going to be like the actual family side of things. Like, you know, do we have a family, family planning? What's our relationship like with, you know, other family members, you know, in-laws, cousins, brothers, sisters, all of that. And so those are like the three big buckets that kind of represent the prongs or the points on a triangle and that like everything else sort of falls within that triangle somewhere. But those points are the ones that no matter the dynamics of a, of a couple or a family relationship that I'm working with, those are the things that kind of always have to be dealt with. Yeah, that literally sounds exactly like what I was thinking about. That's so funny. Okay, yeah. So yes, apparently it's not a new idea, right? But it is one that's very effective sometimes to think about in terms of what does the breakdown of the relationship stress and the relationship concepts and the kind of like, you know, building a a vision, right, for who we are and what we stand for. Another thing that I will have couples do is to actually sit down at least once. I like them to do it every couple months, but if you can only do it like maybe at like the halfway point in the year and then like the, you know, beginning point of the next year to sort of sit down and have what I call like a goal setting activity where you give some six to 12 month goals that you'd both like to kind of achieve and go after in the next year of your life together and individually. And then to look at what is our three to five year plan? And then what is our 10 plus year plan? And it's not to say that you have to hold yourself to those goals with like, you know, if it doesn't happen, something bad is going to happen, but it's really more about making sure that both of you are on the same page as to what you're building. So if one of you has an entrepreneurial idea and you know, it's probably going to take a good five to 10 years to get everything launched the way that you want it, then that needs to be something you're talking about right now. You don't want to just spring it on somebody, especially if y'all view the world differently. You know, the more that you can give detail and insight into what it is that you're wanting to build and your reasons for wanting to do it, it's like the more information someone has, the better they're going to be able to understand where you're coming from. The other piece is that if I am working with someone and they're like, I just don't get why they want to do this, that, or the other. And it's like, okay, well, have you asked them? Have you tried to understand (laughs) where they're coming from? Or are you simply looking at it through the lens that you don't want to do those things, or you couldn't imagine yourself doing those things. So you're discounting it being fulfilling for someone else. Totally. And one thing I feel like that kind of brings up is within a relationship when someone is wanting to make like this career change or is shifting towards you know a different aspect like social media 
I feel like it kind of brings up the trust factor too. I mean, that's one thing that me and Matt have run into is Matt saying like, oh, we like, this is just such a small example, but him saying like, I really like this idea. Let's do this idea. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I would say like, oh, I don't like it. I don't think it's going to do very well, but Mm -hmm. I've had to learn how to be like, no, like I trust your instinct because in the past, you know, your videos perform really well. You've created tons of viral content. So Mm -hmm. I feel like almost it's that trust factor too, of like, if you're spouse like is really passionate about something and is pursuing something and just wants to make this happen in an entrepreneurial sense you have to have like that trust of like Mm -hmm. okay well I trust that they are going to make decisions that are right for our family and I think that's scary I think it is. And I think you're right. I think it comes down to trust and it comes down to support. And, you know, I definitely think that if it feels like you're spinning your wheels, that you do need someone to be able to go, okay, like I've seen you been frustrated about this very thing for the last two weeks and it doesn't feel like anything's moving. Can I help? Can, you know, do you need to talk it out? Do you, you know, this is why I'm such a proponent of, you know, people that do reach out and get some business coaching, whether it be a long-term program or just a couple of sessions with someone that's gone through it so that they're able to kind of maybe direct and give some ideas. It's like, learn from me, learn from what hasn't worked well for me. You know, I had a a great friend of mine the other night that called and she was like, Hey, you know, you've really been able to transition your therapy into a lot of other things. And I'm kind of looking at options, everything being shut down really sort of made me go back to the drawing board. And she's like, can we just have like, you know, like a one-time consultation session just to talk it through and kind of talk about some ideas. And then if I want to schedule like a package of sessions, I will. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. And I think it's one of those things of just being able to sort of meet somebody where they are and just be like, okay, so here's some things that you could try. Here's some ideas. It's sort of that, you know, being aware of what you know, but then also recognizing that there are a lot of things outside of your zone of what you know that you're not even aware exist. And if there's something in that, that someone else can give you some insight into, that could be very helpful. Yeah, I can't even tell you the number of times that I have, you know, had an idea about something and made it super complicated. And then I have a session with some, you know, coach or consultant that's going to help me with something. And they give me like, do this, this, and this. And I'm like, wow. If only I had, you know, like that is not nearly as complicated as I was making it like, holy crap, you know? And I think sometimes just having that is really helpful. It's great if you can have that with your significant other, but I do think it's important to go back to that, you know, that empathy of like, I need to feel supported. You know, I want to know that we're on the same team. You know, I want to feel like we don't have to fight about, you know, my career choices or whatever it may be. Do you think that there's some factor of like time that has to go into this too? Like it's not going to be an overnight, like suddenly, oh, you're right. Like social media is Mm -hmm. totally a viable career option. Right. I think for a lot of people I hear, you know, it's not an overnight thing and they kind of have to seek that support. Kind of like what you were saying, like outside Mm -hmm. of their relationship, whether Mm -hmm. that's like a friend that's in the same industry or a coach or a mentor do you think that sometimes just has to come with time and sometimes you have to find that support somewhere else? I do. I do. I think that's part of the reason I like the online world so much is that there is so much, you know, support that can be found, you know, in some cases for no money or very little investment, you know, and then all the way up to, you know, at times in my career, I've hired, you know, like six months, you know, coaching packages, depending on kind of what I was needing at various times. And so I do think that it's important to not, only rely on your, you know, romantic relationship to be your support. I think sometimes it is good to have other people that you can bounce ideas off of, especially if let's say like in my case, my significant other really is supportive, but you know, creating content is not necessarily her, you know, her thing, right? So there might be times where I will, I'll give you a great example. A couple of weeks ago, because you know, people don't always that follow you on social platforms, they don't always know all of the services that you have available or what it is that you do. And so, yes, I am a sex therapist. And one of the things that comes along with that is that I will occasionally consult with people on, you know, purchasing sex toys or marital aids of some sort. And 
I was one Friday morning, I had to like charge all of my demo set so that I could have it ready if I'm going to like meet with someone and talk through options. And I'm cracking up because I literally had like all of these things plugged in and like every outlet in my house, like it was cracking me up. So like I take a picture of it and I, you know, I posted on my social media and she walked in the room. She's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I'm just posting about the fact that I have sex toys charging all over the house. I saw that post. She's like, you're seriously putting that on social media? And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, okay. Like it blew her mind, you know, cause again, like we're just in completely different industries of what right. we do. And that in post- some industries you'd be fired for that. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. You know? And I'm like, I work for myself. This is part of what I do. Like I, you know, sex positive person, whatever, like putting it out there. It was literally one of my most interacted on posts that I've done in a while. Cause people were like, it's like a curiosity factor. It's, you know, Oh, I it's like a taboo subject. That. Like it's yeah. that it's like, wow, she's normalizing this thing. You know, one of the first people I ever worked on a radio show with, pretty successful guy in St. Louis. He's like pretty in with like, you know, the local sports teams and just kind of everybody knows who he is. He shared the post and he was like, reasons I love you, you know, like, (laughs) you know, and it's just so funny that it's like, you know, what may work. And I know my audience pretty well. So I'm, you know, I kind of thought it was going to do well, but there's always that like, okay, is this too far? Did I push a button? Did I go like over that line, you know? And then when her reaction, like it used to, I would have let that really color me. And I've been like, Oh God, I'm sorry. Like maybe I shouldn't have done that. Like, I don't know. And then I kind of went back to it and I'm like, you know, if an hour from now it's gotten really negative, you know, interaction or nobody's looked at it, or it seems like it kind of was off putting, I'll delete it. Like it doesn't matter. Like you're never stuck, you know? And Yeah, but it's just so funny. And so about an hour or so goes by, I was in a session and I get done and I look and there were like 187 comments or something. And I walked outside. I'm like, you're never going to believe it. But that post that you thought was a little crazy, it's literally blown up. She was like, that just goes to show you what I know. You shouldn't listen to me when it comes to content creation. Cause that's just not like, you know, your audience, I right. don't, but we've been able to establish that back and forth communication. And so that's why it always comes back to the health of the communication in the relationship. It's like, how able are you to have those courageous conversations where you can talk about the things that really matter to you on a deep level that really do allow you to sort of see where the other one's coming from and vice versa so that you can have kind of a shared understanding. And I can't even count the number of times that she said to me, I don't really get it, but I know you know what you're doing and I know this makes you happy. So I'm just going to support it. And then if it goes well, I'll come back and tell her. And if it doesn't go well, I'll be like, you know, that one really kind of flopped or that really didn't do as well as I thought. So, you know, it is what it is. I'll, you know, on to the next thing or whatever. And that takes some time to develop, but it's not as complicated as people think. They normally hear like communication. They're like, oh, we don't talk about things. And I'm like, okay, well, there's a way to fix that pretty easily, but you've got to go through some steps, you know? You've got to allow yourself to even think that there is a different way of interacting than what you're currently doing. Yeah, and it's so interesting that between these two episodes, for those of you listening who have heard our interview about having a working relationship with your spouse and then mm-hmm. having a relationship here where your spouse isn't supporting you or a partner or a friend mm-hmm. or whoever, It's interesting because it all boils down to communication on both sides. Like I was kind of listening to what we're talking about. I'm like, "Hmm, we're like basically saying the same thing, but just yeah, with like a different spin. I know it's like it's that whole thing. Like when people say, you know, oh, you're like a relationship coach and you're a sex therapist and you're, you know, a therapist therapist. Like, what do you do? And I'm like, I help people learn how to communicate. And so when I was first trying to niche myself as a coach, and it's kind of like, okay, if I'm going to really transition from the long term therapy to more of a short term coaching arrangement like how do I explain to people what I do and I really help people learn how to talk to one another and to set kind of a same team shared mentality so that no one's left in the dark that everybody knows what's going on and that we learn how to use skills like empathy and active listening and courageous conversation and all of those things that make up healthy communication And it became so clear to me when I finally was like, yeah, that's what I do. I help people communicate. That's totally it. Because even the sex therapy side of things, sex toys or not, right, is how healthy is the communication? And the intimate life is going to really be contingent on 
how able are we to communicate in other capacities? Because if we can't talk about what we want for dinner and not get into a fight, we're probably not going to have really great conversations about what we want in the bedroom because we're not going to have that shared understanding of we are on the same team. So if we can fix the communication, we have a really good likelihood of having a, a romantic, intimate sex life that also serves the needs of everybody in the relationship. And I that's love that. where it all comes together, you know? Yeah, it just all boils down to the same thing. And it's so mm -hmm. much easier said than done, too. Oh, yeah. It definitely takes Absolutely. a lot of mindfulness and being aware mm -hmm. and getting out of your own ego. Absolutely. And I will say, though, when I do tell people, I'm like, you know, like, well, why are you going from therapy to coaching? And it's like, well, because from a long-term therapy perspective, there's sort of this idea that we're going to come in, we're going to see a therapist once a week or once every couple of weeks. We may be in therapy for a year or two, and we're just sort of signed up for that long-term process. From a coaching perspective, and this is sort of what I discovered, was that I was already infusing a lot of coaching into my practice. Like, I was never the therapist that would just kind of look at someone and go, now how does that make you feel? And just kind of leave it at that. I was always the person that was saying, how does that make you feel? And what the heck are we going to do about it? Let's make a plan. Let's get some action oriented steps ready to go so that we can start taking, you know, the path of creating what we want. And out of doing that, realize that really within somewhere between three to six sessions, we're able to establish a lot of stuff in a very quick format. And then if people want to come back for some follow-ups over time, I have some people that come back, they call them like their booster shots or whatever. They come back like once a quarter or every six months. I have some that come back once a month, but really once we get through those three to six sessions, it's kind of up to you to implement those tools and make them your own in your relationship. And then you come back if you need to. And so it really is a different way of looking at the process. It's kind of like you still get access to my therapy brain, but you don't feel like you have to be in that zone of therapy land forever. And one thing that kind of brought up for me about like taking responsibility and implementing things is when we're in a relationship or in a situation where someone we don't, where we don't feel supported by someone in our life, mm -hmm. I think, I hope from this podcast, people got the impression that we shouldn't take the blame for that and blame ourselves. But at the same time, we do have to kind of step outside of ourselves and say, well, am I doing anything that's making someone have or, or encouraging these negative thoughts about the industry, whether that's talking about drama or focusing mm -hmm. on the negatives, like I said, emotionally dumping or only mm -hmm. sharing your struggles. Yeah. I feel like that, that yes, plays a factor into how someone perceives your career too. Mm-hmm. I think it does. And that whole idea of, you know, you're talking about emotional dumping, another sort of concept that goes along with that is projection, you know, like, well, I can't imagine doing X, Y, and Z. So why are you doing it? And it's like, well, because we're not the same person, you know, and sometimes projecting feelings onto our significant other is sort of hard to avoid doing. It's not something we always recognize, but that's why it's important, you know, to have that inner dialogue with yourself, to be able to check in and sort of check yourself and be like, okay, so how am I approaching this situation? Am I approaching it from my point of view? Am I trying to see it from their point of view? And sometimes making space for that emotional dumping to be an okay thing to do, as long as we've given that preface that says like, hey, I'm about to dump a little bit. Can you just like listen to me vent and then we'll move on to something else? Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, I hope that everyone listening took something away from this, whether, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure everyone out there has dealt with someone unsupportive of their social media career, especially mm -hmm. right now with all the naysayers about TikTok. Mm -hmm. If you guys haven't heard my episode about the potential ban on TikTok and my thoughts on it and the politics mm -hmm. surrounding it, I highly suggest checking it out. I'm going to be updating it soon as well. So I hope you guys took something away from that. Thank you so much, Lindsay, for sharing your you expertise with welcome. us. You're welcome. If you guys have any questions for Lindsay about, you know, relationships or anything like that, I'm sure you guys can hit her up on TikTok and she'd be happy to answer your questions. Absolutely. On TikTok, it's at this is Lindsay Walden. And actually in my bio over there, I have a link to my relationship communication guide. It's a free guide that I've put together that sort of goes through some how to have courageous conversations, even though it's kind of meant for romantic relationships, the way it's written, you could adapt it to other people in your life, but it is a free guide. Just click on the link and you can, you know, get access to it and download it and start using it in your life. Awesome. Thanks so much for that resource. Absolutely. Okay. Well, you guys can find Lindsay on social media. I will link all of her accounts below for you.
Let me know if there's any upcoming interviews or topics you want to hear on TikTok radio. Thank you so much for pushing play today. That's it for this week's episode. Remember to subscribe and leave us a rating or review if you liked what you heard. We would love to hear from you. Be sure to connect with us on Instagram and TikTok and join our exclusive Facebook community group for more support and guidance as you grow. I'm your host, Victoria Jameson, and I'll see you next week for another episode of TikTok Radio.